3: Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12:03 Wednesday afternoon, June 29th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the WBBM Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rob Hart. There's been a lot of recession talk as of late, in our next segment we'll talk about how you can prepare, but joining us with his take on the situation is Paul Christopher, head of Global Market Strategy at the Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis. Paul, thanks for joining us this afternoon. The U.S. economy shrank 1.6% in the first quarter. That's according to the uh, latest estimate of economic activity in the first quarter. Does that mean we are officially in a recession? What is the uh, trigger for an official recessionary environment?
4: So you need
1: to have the economy contracting. Oh, hello, Rob, by the way. Thank you for having me back. You need to have the economy contract for a significant period of time. Technically, uh, a lot of people in the market use the six-month mark but that's uh, that's completely arbitrary it's subjective uh, but basically you, if you're in a recession you'll know it you'll see an unemployment increase you'll see consumer sentiment crash uh, people stop spending uh, that's how you'll know that we're in a recession we're now, not there yet
3: yeah again there are a couple of uh, signals you know in in those data sets that you pointed out that uh, suggest it's already there uh, the consumer sentiment numbers uh, now there's some partisanship uh, weighing that down um, the University of Michigan number uh, that that's at a 2008 level, which a lot of economists, I'm guessing you're probably one of them, who say uh, this doesn't really uh, match up with the reality. Um, but uh, there there are some signs that uh, spending is slowing down more or less in response to uh, inflation and also record high gas prices.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, and you're also absolutely right that that consumer sentiment is an important indicator. It's not the only one. There's still a lot of cash out there. The job market is still pretty strong. Housing is still pretty strong. Although in all those cases, we can see signs that things are starting to roll over into into more weakness that we think will be perceptible later in the summer and into the fall.
3: If you're uh, kind of uh, headed up to here with uh, high gas prices and rolling up to the gas station and seeing gas at five dollars a gallon or $4 a gallon if you're not used to that, and if you're uh, still experiencing sticker shock at the grocery store, a slowing down of economic activity, if you are not personally impacted by it, uh, might actually be a good thing.
1: Yeah, it would be if we could soft land the economy like that. That's what Powell is talking about in Portugal, that, that we think he thinks that they can raise rates uh, and bring the economy to a slower pace of growth so that inflation will come off the boil and people will notice prices going up less quickly, but not have a recession. That's a tricky maneuver trying to land a plane with that, that kind of crosswind. Uh, we think it's more likely that a recession will, will come mainly because the Fed itself is getting more aggressive every time inflation ticks a little bit higher. And at some point, that inflation is going to be sticky. Think, think of things like rent. Those aren't going to rent. Rental rates aren't going to come down anytime soon. Uh, think of medical costs. Those aren't going to come down anytime soon. So the Federal Reserve can keep raising rates, but we think inflation is going to stay sticky enough that it's going to be a one-two punch. This economy is not going to be able to dodge.
3: Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy with the Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis, Missouri. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, if there is a recession, some tips on how to navigate the rough financial waters. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. As inflation soars and interest rates head higher, more and more investors expect a recession in the near future. Joining us with advice on how to deal with a potential recession is Tony Ogorek, founder of Ogorek Wealth Management, based in Buffalo, New York. Tony, thanks for joining us today. The uh, economists have been uh, predicting that if a recession does occur, it's going to be a shallow one. It's not going to be the apocalyptic events that we experienced in 2008 and again in March of 2020, but even then, even in a shallow recession, Tony, the, uh, fickle, the fickle finger of fate uh, can certainly be pointed at you, and you may find yourself uh, out of a job and looking for a new one. What are some ways that you can get ready, uh, if, w- get ready for that recession if uh, HR calls your name?
0: Okay, Rob, before we start, I got a question. What is the difference between a recession and in a depression.
3: Well, isn't it always uh, the recession is when your neighbor is out of work and the depression is when you're out of work?
0: Exactly. <laughs> that is great. So I think the first thing we want to take a look at is what floats most people's boats, which is their job. And you have to look at job security. And I think sometimes people can be fooled by the low uh, unemployment numbers that we're looking at, and thinking well, there's always work. But depending on the specific industry you're in and whether they're, you know they're, they're experiencing contractions, you are going to be looking at, uh, at some layoffs. And also, we've seen a lot of people who've uh, had job offers are finding them uh, being rescinded. So first is, um, you know, be honest with yourself in terms of what the outlook is for, uh, you know, the job sector that you're in. Um, second, uh, I think it's important to uh, have access to credit in the event that your job is, uh, you know, is eliminated. So what does that mean? It means checking credit card limits possibly raising them or possibly paying down debt to the extent you can do that. And second, if you've got a home, uh, having a home equity line of credit, it's, it's, it's much easier to get one uh, you know, when you've got a job rather than when you don't have a job. And then finally, you know, to the extent you can build savings uh, for yourself and, or examine your expenditures. If you are concerned about what's happening in your specific job sector Uh, and you're planning a big vacation, a home addition, things of that nature, you may wish to take a look uh, at maybe changing your plans a little bit more until you have some clarity out there.
3: And another good suggestion is uh, start networking now. I mean, not. Uh, I mean, I mean, not not like you, you know. I was in a situation a couple of years ago when I found myself out of a job, and all of a sudden, you know, the, it was it was kind of panicked networking. And I'm guessing the other people could just see the uh, desperation radiating off of me while I was talking to them. And that's probably a good mm-hmm. idea to start talking to other people right now. You may not use it, but it may come in handy down the line.
0: I mean, Rob, that's, that's really great advice. And I, and I would further uh, add that it's a whole lot easier to, to get another job while you've still got a job rather than saying, I'm out of work. And maybe um, through no fault of your own, your skills begin to diminish and then someone starts to take a second look. Yeah, I don't know if I really want to you know, hire you. So uh, I think that's good advice.
3: Tony Ogoric, founder of Ogorek Wealth Management, based in Buffalo. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, Snap announces the Snapchat Plus subscription plan. Information
2: to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
3: Snap, the parent of the instant messaging app Snapchat, is announcing a monthly subscription plan with some new exclusive features. Joining us with the latest details is Shelley Palmer, the CEO of the Palmer Group and co-founder of the Metacademy based in New York, the website metacademy.com. Shelley, thanks for joining us today. First off, where, where does Snapchat fit inside of the larger social media universe? How does it uh, stack up compared to Facebook and Twitter?
2: Theoretically, uh, it's the youngest of the audiences um, because of the nature uh, of Snapchat. It's ephemeral. It's very graphics-based. Uh, it doesn't have a gigantic user base. Uh, it's more on the order of Twitter than Facebook. It's a, it's a much smaller organization. What's interesting is they've chosen to create Snapchat Plus And the reason is that they aren't making any money in advertising, or not making enough money from advertising. So they're trying to diversify their revenue. Um, they're asking three ninety nine a month. This is going to be a grand experiment for Snapchat. Uh, will consumers pay three ninety nine to have some pre release features and some exclusive um, content? I don't know. It doesn't seem like a great value proposition for the. For the most hardcore users, are they going to add $4 a month to their life to do what? To get some early pre-release stuff and a few features that other people don't have? Maybe. Uh, it's not like they're going to change that experience very much. So the jury is going to be out on this, and we're going to see if the consumers vote with their, their wallets, as they often do. This, one, this one's a little baffling. It's a very unusual price point. The audience is pretty young, which is why they don't have a lot of advertising revenue. I don't know. Uh you know, it, it feels a little like a desperate move, to be fair, is what it feels
3: like. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh my, my three daughters at home love uh, Snapchat, or as they call it Snapchat, and uh you know, they, they really enjoy uh you know, giving themselves llama heads or Harry Potter characters and the like. But if it was four dollars a month, uh, that we'll find something else to do. I I
2: think so. I mean, you know, uh, look, th- this is a company, like I said, they're roughly the size of Twitter, about 300 million daily active users worldwide. How many of them are devoted to the point where a few extra features is worth $4 a month? I, I, look, uh, it's a grand experiment. I understand why they're doing it again. Uh, and they're doing it and they're rolling it out in nine countries, United States, Canada, uh, United Kingdom, France, Germany, Australia, New Zealand. Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Arab Emirates that's that's where the rollout happens and look there this isn't the first right Twitter had uh, the blue subscription offer that was an ad-free service uh, to other websites at $2.99 a month and then there was um, Telegram which is another messaging service they introduced Telegram premium uh, earlier this month so they're not alone there are some companies that are trying this I am very very anxious to see how it plays out hopefully the next earnings call or one after that will get a sense of how successful this was we've often thought maybe what would Facebook be like without ads? What would would Google be like without ads? Would you pay a subscription fee for that level of utility? And the question we're all asking here is, does Snapchat offer utility to the point where you're going to pay $4 a month for it? Jury's
3: out. We're going to have to see. Shelly Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group and co-founder of the Metacademy based in New York. The website metacademy.com Still ahead on Personal Finance Wednesday. Key financial advice for young people.
5: Worried about
1: letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional terms apply
2: this is chicago's all news station news radio 780 and 105.9 fm the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
3: Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. An explosive piece of testimony from yesterday's January 6th hearing may be under dispute. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer will step down this week, clearing the way for new Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson. In Personal Finance Wednesday, need-to-know advice for young investors, and we'll look at credit cards that offer the best perks for frequent flyers. WBBM Business, the markets are mixed. The Dow is up 23 points, the Nasdaq is down 49, the S&P 500 is down 12. AccuWeather says mostly sunny today with wide-ranging temperatures, mainly in the 70s along the lakefront, 87 or higher away from the lake. 83 degrees right now at 12:31. And topping our news at the half hour, yesterday's congressional hearings on the January 6th Capitol insurrection saw fiery testimony from a former White House aide, Cassidy Hutchinson. Testified about former President Trump lashing out as he tried to join the crowd heading to the Capitol. Hutchinson worked for Mark Meadows, former President Trump's White House chief of staff. CBS News correspondent Naomi Ruckham with more.
4: In dramatic testimony, former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson described an alleged altercation in the presidential limo on January 6th, as told to her by another White House staffer. She says President Trump's chief Secret Service agent Bobby Angle refused to bring him to the U.S. Capitol just after he directed a crowd of his supporters there.
0: The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel Grabbed his arm, said, Sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle.
3: The Secret Service released an official statement saying it intends to respond to Hutchinson's testimony. The agent and driver are prepared to testify under oath that neither were physically assaulted by Trump and that the former president never lunged for the steering wheel. A source close to the Secret Service confirmed that to CBS News. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer said he will officially step down from the bench at noon tomorrow. Clearing the way for the swearing-in of the nation's first black female justice, Ketanji Brown Jackson. It has been my great honor to participate in a judge in the effort to maintain our Constitution and the rule of law. Breyer wrote in a letter to President Biden, which was dated today. Breyer is 83. He's been on the court since 1994. He announced his intention to retire in January. It's 1232. The noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. It's been a seesaw day for stocks. Joining us with the latest and what's moving Wall Street is Shah Galani, chief investment strategist with MoneyMorning.com. Shah, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Some rather subdued activity uh, in the three major financial indices, uh, especially especially given the uh, reports about uh, the GDP contracting in the first quarter and uh, some more concerns about whether or not the Fed can engineer a soft landing for the economy from this uh, high-flying inflation.
4: Well, thanks for having me on. It's not unexpected. Um, After a day like yesterday where markets were uh, in a bit of a tizzy um, uh, based on uh, very poor consumer sentiment numbers, and the fact that the weight of uh, the rising interest rate environment that the Fed is unlikely to switch course on uh, is going to continue to put pressure on stocks. So today is just sort of a wait-and-see day, trying to figure out after yesterday's sell-off, um, is there any traction to go higher? Will we see another bounce um, or will we then, uh, by the end of this week, turn tail and head back down and maybe test the low? So we're, we're in a bit of an interregnum as far as the markets go, trying to find a position um, for which to take a move, make a move, either up or down. I think the path of least resistance is still down.
3: It's interesting the degree to which uh, psychology plays into the uh, movement of markets and the movement of the economy writ large. And I say this as far as gas prices are concerned. uh, There are some indications on the gas prices futures markets that just fears of a recession and the possibility of a slowdown are leading to a considerable drawdown in gas prices, at least as far as gas price futures markets are concerned. So is this a situation where just talking about a recession uh, could take some of the steam out of the economy without actually going into a recession?
4: Uh, it's possible, but I think that is a, it's a fake narrative in my opinion. I, I think this is a buying opportunity to buy both crude, and uh, my, uh, investors can do that by buying the ETF USO, which is one of my favorite vehicles to, to um, trade uh, um, pure crude oil. And I think energy prices down here that have all dipped are, are a good place for investors to get in. I say buy this debt. I don't think that the futures prices are indicative of reality. Uh, That's, again, that I think fake narrative that this recession, that whether you believe it's here or coming, either way, it's probably on the way, um, is going to dampen demand enough for oil to bring the price down. The history of recessions is actually not the case. In fact, um, oil demand rarely drops during recessions. The growth of demand may slow, as has happened in the last couple of recessions, uh, but it typically doesn't fall off the cliff, and prices typically stay fairly strong. Uh, This particular recession upon us are coming, I think is going to see oil prices go higher. Uh, that we have less production, or we're not likely to increase production anytime soon. Uh, you've got Russian oil coming off of uh, the market. I think by the end of 2022, the IEA, the International Energy Agency, has, uh, has, has said that they believe oil uh, production in Russia will be down by 3 million barrels a day. In the meantime, OPEC is only um, committed to increase production by about 645,000 barrels per day. So that offset is going to be uh, a bid, remains to be a bid under, see a bid under the price of oil. And so I think right here is a great opportunity for investors to get back into energy stocks.
3: Shah Galani, Chief Investment Strategist with MoneyMorning.com. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, important money advice for young people. Money
2: conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
3: It's Personal Finance Wednesday on the Noon Business Hour, and we're talking about the best advice you can give young people about money. Joining us to discuss the guidance that he would share with his younger self is Ed Jurtson, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. Ed, thanks for joining us today. Uh, This is an interesting conversation because uh, not too long ago, uh, as an alumnus of of Marquette University. I took part in a panel that the Alumni Association would hold in Chicago with uh, with recent graduates who are just getting into their first jobs, working downtown uh, in the loop for the very first time, and just some things that you can do as a recent college grad uh, to get yourself on solid financial footing and kind of avoid some common pitfalls. And one uh, was to uh, not treat the credit card like free money, and the other one was to uh, actually do some research about your uh, corporate benefits, because if you do your homework, you can find some things that other people don't have.
5: Yeah, Rob, But I was 13, when I started working and not in back then, would I thought I would become a certified financial planner, but, you know, that just comes with experience and wisdom. And, and so to your listeners out there, those who would reflect back, you know, what? two of the things that you just mentioned, one of the biggest things is debt and credit card debt. You know, many kids going to school today come out with student loan debt. But that's hoping and investing in your future credit card debt and accumulating credit card debt is because you're you're spending more than you're making. And so that is one of the things that, you know, fortunately, I've never really run into an issue with in terms of building up credit card debt. But create a spending plan. Right. You say first, then you spend second. And that would be good wisdom to share amongst your listeners.
3: What about uh, renting versus buying, uh, renting an apartment versus buying a condo? Because I know in my own experience, uh, it was rather intimidating to, uh, to buy property for the very first time. Uh, but that is an appreciating asset. And even though you may be uh, put off by the uh, down payment or the mortgage, uh, if you can actually, uh, if you can spend, you know, uh, f- four figures on rent, uh, you can certainly do that uh, for a mortgage and uh, build up some, some equity for yourself.
5: Well, and that's a great point because you always try trying to invest in yourself, right? Whether it's your retirement plan at your work or it's through owning property rather than renting property. And that's a good point. And that's where that savings plan, that spending plan comes in is to have that goal of accumulating a down payment. Because invariably you want to build equity for yourself and not on behalf of a landlord, uh, land owner from that standpoint.
3: And then when uh, you're starting that uh, first uh, big time job in the city uh, and you have uh, a variety of benefits uh, from which to choose, when it comes to uh, your retirement or maybe some other benefits uh, that uh, can put you on solid financial footing, what should you look for as someone entering the workforce age 21, 22?
5: The first thing to do is check in with your human resource department and or folks who have been there for a while to truly understand what benefits the company offers but don't forget if it's your first job and your first big paycheck celebrate that it's okay to celebrate that and spend some money you know treat yourself but the other side is to balance that with saving for the future humans as humans we're not wired to defer gratification we want it here and now we want to buy here and now But again, if you have that spending plan, put money away from yourself first, and that's why getting good guidance within those of the company you work for would be very helpful in terms of setting down that that groundwork uh, for future success and financial independence.
3: We've been talking about this uh, from the standpoint of someone who just graduated from college and is entering the professional world, but you mentioned uh, you know, your first job was when you were 13. Mine was uh, when I was 14 at a country club on the southwest side. Uh, if you're in high school or if you have kids who are in high school uh, working through their first jobs right now, uh, what's some advice for them? Well, here's
5: the key, right? So again, save, save some, spend some. For anybody who has wages and income, I highly recommend opening up a Roth IRA. It's the simplest thing to do. And as a parent, you can help them in terms of a matching program. So for instance, if your child's able to save $200, $300, make that an incentive and if you can, possibly match that as a parent. That future compounding, that is what, again, if I would go back and talk to my earlier self, Taking some of that money and putting it away, boy, that 30 years of compounding would have really gone very far. And also, your listeners, to remember, some of those funds can be used for a down payment of a home. So it's just not to use in retirement. You could potentially use some of these monies earlier. And again, that Roth IRA is a great way to save if you've got that earned income.
3: Ed Jertson, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago, the website EngageWealthGroup.com. Thanks for joining us today and join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, credit cards that offer airport perks. The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The travel industry is booming again, and many travelers are heading back to the airport. But how can you score some great perks, like access to the fancy airport lounge from your credit card? Joining us to uh, discuss how to do just that is Matt Schultz, Chief Credit Card Analyst with LendingTree, based in Austin. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt, thanks for joining us today. So, uh, much like uh, Albert Brooks in the movie A Real Life, you can just walk into an airport lounge uh, if you have the right card.
6: Yeah, it really is all about uh, getting the right card for you and also understanding how you're going to use it, because different cards will give access to different types of lounges. And the last thing you want to have happen is you go on a trip to the airport thinking you're going to be able to get access to that lounge, which you really want.
3: Yes, nothing more humiliating than thinking you're going to go into a, a, an airport lounge and instead you're milling about a Hudson News instead with everybody else. Um, the Capital One Venture Card, let's talk about that. Uh, 1,400 airport lounges around the world are considered Capital One lounges. Um, there, isn't a, a, there is an annual fee. It's almost $400, but how does that work if you are a cardholder? holder?
6: Well, what, how it works is that, um, that you can show your card and prove that you can get access to that lounge. It's, it's pretty common for cards like that to have a higher annual fee and also to be associated with these various lounges. Other more expensive cards like the Chase Sapphire Reserve and others like that will provide different access to different lounges and that sort of thing. Um, So it's important that you understand what that card gives you access to, whether you're making a phone call to the card issuer or looking it up on their
3: website. Yeah, does the uh, website for each of these cards, there's quite a few of them, uh, list uh, which airports uh, you could take advantage of uh, that have lounges that you can use? Because are we talking about the airport lounge or an airline's particular lounge?
6: well if a if a card has access to those sorts of lounges, at a minimum that website will have links to where you can go to find out which airports you uh, which airports have lounges that you can use. So those are a good tool. Or if it is a lounge that's affiliated with an airline, you can certainly look at their website as well.
3: Matt Schultz, Chief Credit Analyst with LendingTree, based in Austin, Texas, thanks for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app.
5: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone.